So Earning the Push is on the air, a show by wrestling fans, for wrestling fans, to talk about the two things we love the most, the wrestling scene as it stands today, and what we would do if we were in charge. My name is Jack Murley, I am a professional broadcaster, and with me each and every week is the Mike Awesome to my Mike Adam Lee, the People's Elbow to my Scotty to Hotties Worm, our pro athlete Charlie Beckett, who is looking confused today. I was confused to what you were going with the people's elbow because I don't particularly rate the people's elbow as a uh, as a finisher at all and I used to love the worm so I'm not sure that one works I think I'd rather be the worm than the people's elbow I'd rather be the worm is the phrase of the podcast already and we're only 30 seconds in uh it is swelteringly hot today we should say even though we are recording at 8 a.m on a Monday you're there in your shirtless uh training jersey it is baking I literally got up and I was so hot and I was like, I'm just going to have to put my, I, I live in my basketball top at the moment because it's the only cool thing I own really, as in like cool temperature and probably cool, cool. And I was like, yeah, Jack's getting this this morning on Zoom because I'm not sitting in a t-shirt. I get too, I get way too hot too easily. It is ridiculous, but we have got so much to talk about. So so much to talk about. So let's get into it. A reminder before we do uh, advertising for us, the best form of it is word of mouth. So if you like the podcast, tell someone else who is a wrestling fan what we do here. Tell them to rate, review and subscribe wherever they get their pods from. At Charlie underscore Beckett is him. At Jack underscore Merley is me. Earning the Push podcast at hotmail.com is where you get in touch. And we've got fantasy booking part two coming up a little bit later as we do Charlie's fantasy money in the bank match as well as some of yours a new booking scenario for next week but in the world of wrestling over the past five days we have had probably 20 mark out moments it has been spectacular charlie where do you want to start let's pick the bones out of the week let's hit people are going to be surprised by this let's hit dynamite first because i texted you last thursday and said what a great episode dynamite that was which is what i say often because i'm getting into it a bit more and then we will hit the more obvious stuff of Money in the Bank into last night's Raw. But Dynamite, I thought, I'll let you take the lead, but I thought it was really, because Night One of Fighter Fest, I thought was a really, really good wrestling show. I thought yeah. that would be tough to follow this weekend. And WWE went to hold my beer. But yeah, I thought it was just a really, really good wrestling show. It was just great fun to watch. I had a real good time watching Dynamite this week. We'll go through it quickly because, as you say, I I am probably more an AEW guy than a WWE guy, but it's WWE that is stealing all the headlines from that episode of Dynamite. John Moxley returns, defends the uh, US title from New Japan against Carl Anderson. The moment for me that stole the show on Dynamite was was a talking segment, which you don't often get that much in AEW Dynamite. And in fact, there's probably two that are shoulder to shoulder. Uh, Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes with another brilliant confrontation. But for me, we're finally seeing Cowboy Adam Page the way we want to against Kenny Omega. That segment with the Dark Order, money, money, money written all over it. That was just such a great segment. And that Survivor Series style elimination match is going to be huge. It was just absolute money. Adam Page is so over. Isn't he? The crowd are going berserk. I saw someone tweet, is Adam Page going to be the one to kick out the one-winged angel? Is that what, are they going to pull the trigger that much on Adam Page? Because could you imagine if there was seven roofs on whatever stadium they're in, they will they will blow off the place. Now, we spoke before on this podcast how protected that moment is. That's That's a moment you have to hold in the highest of regard in wrestling now, if it ever does happen. But 
with how over he is with fans coming back, giving that moment, I could I could see them doing it. Yeah, we also need to talk about the fact that, that two weeks ago we were sitting here saying, look, fans are coming back. We'll soon know who is over because it's been very artificial and sure, you get the reaction of fans on social media, but we're a fairly small group. We know from fan reactions over the past couple of weeks that Adam Page is over like Rover. He is absolutely someone the AEW faithful will die for. And it seems like Darby Allen will die for the AEW faithful. That coffin match with all ego Ethan Page. I mean, 13 minutes of hardcore hedonism that ends with another crazy Darby Allen moment. Yeah, the man clearly has no regard for his own personal welfare. He's taken a leaf out of Kevin Owens' book on that front, which we will speak about later, I am sure. I don't love casket coffee matches. I really, really don't. I think they're weird. I don't get it. And that's one for an Undertaker fan. I do not enjoy them. It was a really fun match to watch. It was really fun, wasn't it? And he does just so some bonk stuff. Talking of giving matches where people have no regard for their own body. That Texas death match next week with Moxley is going to be a hard watch, I think. Yeah. Because... I don't love them either. I don't love Deathmatch. I know some people do. That's great. They're not my bag, particularly because I quite uncomfortable watch them because I, I like when wrestlers take risks, but not when they're like, almost the aim of this is how much you can hurt yourself. It's like trying to outdo the last Deathmatch. So that's going to be a tough one to watch, I think. And Moxley clearly has no regard for how he looks after himself. So in that sense, that'll be interesting to watch. I was obviously very, very hot on the Malachi Black Cody segment, Malachi did a lights out again. I'm a sucker for a lights out and boom, I'm in the ring like a magic man. Love that. Dynamite was really, really, really good. Oh, and I'm actually really excited for the trials of Jericho, the labors of Jericho. I can't wait to see what they are. I think it's going to be, I think, I think the fight doing five on, I think it's so, so much fun. And I, anyone who knows me knows I love ancient history. I love Greek mythology. The fact that Jericho is referred to himself as the god of war and leading into Greek mythology as if he is some mythical creature from the from ancient Greece is ridiculous. But I'm so here for it. I'm so here for ancient Greek god of war, Chris Jericho. This that's his, that's the next evolution of Jericho. I love it. It's going to be fantastic. It was a great night of wrestling. It, it almost has been lost in the shuffle given everything that's been going on. We skip forward to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, where WWE are back in front of an audience for the first time properly. Take WrestleMania, put that to one side. The first time properly since the pandemic began. And uh, more surprises. Finn Balor returns to the main roster, confronts Sami Zayn, and we get a pop that I didn't think would be beaten in a while. It clearly was, and we'll talk about why a bit later. But when Edge gets his moment teaming with the Mysterios, I can't imagine how much that meant to Edge on Friday to get that reaction. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it? It almost rivaled his Rumble 2020 reaction. It was great, and I'm so happy for Edge because it's been a tough 18 months or so since he returned to the Rumble. So that was huge. But to be honest, Jack, I think... With that crowd on Friday, we could have walked out there to challenge the Mysterios for the tag team titles <laughs> and we would have got that sort of pop. That crowd were berserk. They were berserk. It was brilliant. Like I know AEW have been in front of crowds and they've been brilliant, but it just seemed like there's something, I don't know what it is, there's something different about seeing a full WWE arena with a WWE crowd going nuts. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I've seen it before and it just seems right. It just seems normal, doesn't it? But they were just, I saw Wade Barrett tweet and he just said, I think I'm right in saying anyone who's ever laced up a pair of boots wishes they were out there tonight. 
because that was just the sort of crowd you dream of, wasn't it? I think maybe there's something to the fact that AEW went down the route of having some fans introducing fans back uh, more gradually, whereas WWE sort of said, we've got the Thunderdome, this is where we're doing it. So it went from uh, that static um, sort of Skype feel of pop to, to just having fans there and just seeing them in, in, in that arena. And let's just say, when WWE says, we're going to jazz up the set a little bit, they don't do it by half measures. They must have got every LED screen in North America and whacked it into that huge Titantron. The thing looks insane. It is enormous, enormous, isn't it? Like, I just can't even begin to think of the logistics of moving that around the country and setting it up in different arenas. I can't even begin to fathom how that works. It's massive. Can I just say my favourite bit? There is something about Vince McMahon at this stage in his life where the guy is just delightfully bonkers, just in the most brilliant way. Only Vince McMahon, who we all ball out more often than not as wrestling fans could get that sort of monster pop as he struts out say what was it six words where the hell have you been bow so, and leave so a few things first of all big discussion vince who's gonna who's gonna get the first reaction back after pandem- pandemic who's gonna get the first pop oh yeah well no clearly it's gonna be you of course you're gonna book that for yourself secondly it's been a real tough 18 months vince or it's still it's still not easy you're gonna Emotional, give some heartfelt. You're going to chat to them. No, you're you're going to mock them. Good, okay. Uh, how are you going to end it? You're going to bow. Right, excellent. Okay, on you go, Vince. It's just it's almost like he's playing a parody of himself now. Like, did you see on Instagram this week that video of him leg pressing as well? Did you see that this week? Yeah, like in the weight room. Man, seventy-five. What? He's just. Oh, he's he's awful and evil and terrible, but he makes you smile. And it's just, I don't know if that makes me the bad guy. I don't know. I don't know. I I just thought, look, only one man would have the bottle to suggest it, would have the drive to push it through, and then have the the charisma and chutzpah to pull it off. And you sort of go, yeah, that sort of worked for me. It's not what any other sane person would do, but Vince, it sort of worked for me. Um, and, And look, any other show we would spend a good 10 minutes picking the bones out of Finn Balor coming up to SmackDown and talking about the crowds. But in this week of amazing wrestling, we skip forward to Sunday, Fort Worth, Texas, money in the bank. Nikki A.S.H. wins the women's money in the bank match. Uh, Big E is carrying the men's briefcase. Charlotte Flair beats Rhea Ripley to become the Raw Women's Champion. Lashley dominates Kofi Kingston uh, to retain the WWE Championship. Roman Reigns pins Edge to retain the Universal Championship. And we'll be talking about none of that because the moment that we will all remember is one of the greatest in my opinion finishes to a wwe pay-per-view of the past 10 years the champ is here john cena is back that john cena pop is 15 20 years in the making isn't it that is 15 years of him giving everything for this company and being hated and taking the Bad times, which a lot of people deserve because he was booked. That late 2000s John Cena was just, it wasn't fun to watch, was it? In early 2010s. And then going away and being missed and finally people appreciate what he does. And the only one in my lifetime, I think, that, that rivals that was WrestleMania 33 in the Hardys. And there was three times as many people in the arena. That crowd went beyond berserk when his music hits. Just huge, wasn't it? And 
Roman Reigns did some really good acting in the ring. His facials are unbelievable when he's shocked. They're just brilliant. And a word for Pat McAfee and Michael Cole on commentary, who add you so much. And have you seen the last 24 hours, them talking on Pat McAfee's show on Twitter? Have you seen the clips of it? With what Michael no, I Cole haven't. Said? No. Cole comes on his like, podcast show. And honestly, their bromance is the cutest thing in the world. He just says, Pat, you've revitalised my career. He says, having you there next to me, basically as a fan, has got me at the best I've been in years, I think. And they just, it was Ross Tweddle, from remembering tweets now, Ross Tweddle tweeted from Cultaholic saying, the best thing WWE have done recently with SmackDown is get rid of the face heel gimmick on commentary. And basically, they've got two mates having a good time watching wrestling on commentary, and it's making it better for us to watch. It's the best Cole's been. Pat McAfee's a delight. When did you hear, have you heard when Cena comes out and Michael shouts, it's Cena? And Pat just goes, where? Flying <laughs> into the you can't see me. Oh, it made me laugh. But no, that, that pop is huge. And then we'll talk about it, but he backs it up with that promo on Raw last night. Oh, four weeks of build to this match with Heyman, Reigns, and Cena. Just take all the money I have to be. Honestly, I will go and print more for you. So here's the question. Does Cena get that response if WWE hasn't spent the best part of a year doing everything right with Roman Reigns? If that is Drew McIntyre in the ring or Kevin Owens or Bray Wyatt, does Cena get that response? Because to be the good guy getting that sort of pop, you need the bad guy to play off. Absolutely not. And I'm actually shocked with how just how much everyone hates Roman. I thought there would be more cheering for him as an appreciation for the good job he's doing at being a bad guy, how good Roman Reigns is at the moment. And no, people just despise him, which is brilliant. The story and brilliant. I think people have wanted to, well, they have booed Roman Reigns for so long and now they're meant to. Everyone's just properly buying into it, aren't they? Like the bees getting booed out the joint. His match against Edge was brilliant, by the way. That's getting a bit forgotten, I think, because of yeah. what happened after. Him and Edge had a brilliant, brilliant main event. And Roman's just getting booed out of the place. But it's finally, that's what's meant to happen. Yeah, just everything. It was just perfect. Like, as you say, that's that's an all-time main event finish. All to that. But the whole, the whole, it reminded me a lot, the pay-per-view of 2011, where all anyone remembers is the main event. And that punk blowing his kiss, he goes through the crowd in Chicago. That's what you remember. And all anyone will remember from 2021 Money in the Bank is seen as pop. But like 2011, the whole show was excellent. It was an, it was an all-timer pay-per-view for me. I mean, we said there we won't talk about it, but even the kickoff show, the Usos versus the Mysterious, the kickoff show was excellent. When um, Jay eats the 619 for Jimmy, that's a brilliant, brilliant spot. Really clever finish as well with how they cheated to win. I've never seen that done in tag team wrestling before where he slides in and kick, like, almost kicks him over the pin. Brilliant. Then both the Money in the Bat matches, Money in the Bat matches were great fun. I love Money in the Bat matches. I loved, I, I wasn't sure at the time, I watched it live, I stayed up to watch half the pay-per-view live. I wasn't sure at the time whether I loved or hated the end of the women's match. Yes. I've thought about it more and I really, really do love it because they all went up to the top and I immediately presumed they were all going to come crashing down, all six of them, because that's what happens, isn't it, when they all go to the top? But no, Nikki just went, well, none of you are concentrating. I'm going to climb over the top of you and get the get the briefcase. And I was like, yes, that is what you do. That that makes sense. And I'm always on here slamming when wrestling isn't sensible, when it doesn't make sense. So I was like, 
yeah, no, no, that is what you do. Yeah, no, I really like that. But it took me a while to realise I liked it. I really like that. The men's ladder match. Oh, my God. Is Kevin Owens okay? Genuinely, yeah. is he okay? That spot where he gets suplexed onto the ladder sideways. Oh, oh, no. That, that sent shivers down my spine. And I'm not sure he's got one anymore. <laughs> it's, I... I, I... Firstly, uh, this is what people are saying, getting in touch with the show. James said, never cared much for John Cena, but that pop shows there's no one bigger. Uh, Emma says, it blew my socks off. Great pay-per-view and so much better because of the crowd. Uh, Scott says, I loved Money in the Bank. Love that Big E is getting uh, it going on. Ricochet is a madman. Alexa Bliss needs to get rid of that character. Ryan says, it had the feel of the Attitude Era to me. Um, My thoughts are, there were things I didn't like. It felt a bit too big and shiny. Some of the elements were a little too cartoony for my taste. But if you're going to criticise WWE for being a bit too big, shiny and cartoony, you might as well criticise Starbucks for not having too much coffee or Disney for having too many mice. You know, it, that is what they do. That is nitpicking. I love the finish to the women's match. I was exactly like you. I thought it makes sense and it's something different. Big E getting his moment is fantastic. I love the Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match. I think I would have loved it more if we'd had even a modicum of even storytelling going in. Because can you imagine that crowd if you'd have three weeks of this is a face, this is a heel, and you've managed to do that. But the, the whole thing... If wrestling is about emotions, we can sit here and overanalyze it. My my end goal is how did I come away feeling from that pay-per-view? And I came away smiling from ear to ear, and I have watched that John Cena return pop about 20 times. And the last time I did that was Edge returning at the Rumble. And I am not the biggest John Cena guy, even though I have the greatest respect in the world for his accomplishments, his in-ring ability, and the way he carried the company. But that return sold me again on John Cena, and I cannot wait to see where they go. Have you seen the story around his friendship with the cameraman, Stu? Yes. The guy who goes, this is the nicest thing. I've ever I read about this this weekend. So apparently Stu is the cameraman who runs up, comes up the top of the ramp and films as they're coming down. And him and Cena get on really well, by all accounts. And he comes out, and if you watch it back, you can hear, he says, it's been too long, Stu, I've missed you, and high-fives him. Then he does the crowd, and then the best bit is right at the end, he goes, okay, Stu, let's go to work, because he's about to start running. And you just hear this camera and Stuart go, you got it, man. I'd be so happy. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. I love that John Cena's best mate to the cameraman. That's made my day. Excellent. Can you not see a mixed tag in the future? Uh, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman versus yeah. John Cena and Stu. Stu knows what he's doing. Stu, Stu's doing what's right for his career here. Just to go back to some of the pay-per-view as well. Big E, I'm so excited, Big E. It's the money in the bank. Like, oh, WWE, don't mess this up. This has, this has the potential to be the pop of the century, if you get that timing right, of that cash-in. Like, and Nikki's cash-in last night, which we'll get into, I'm sure, but give me teases. Give me, give me a proper Money in the Bank story here, because I haven't had one of them for years. You pull the trigger too early. This has, this has all the marks of a Ziggler sort of pop cash-in post-WrestleMania 29, so get that right, please, but so excited. And Ricochet, he's an alien, by the way. Like, no way he should do what he's able to do. In the wrestling ring, that's that's all I have to say on that. Oh, the other one is there's obviously the stories of why Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle don't get on. But when Riddle just kicked Rollins' head off one minute into the match, I was like, oh, 
okay, we're not staying away from each other in this match, are we then? Just leathered his head off his shoulder, didn't he, on the canvas. On Charlotte and Rhea, completely agree. If there'd been some sort of story, how good would that have been? Fair play to those two. That, that crowd wanted nothing to do with that match beforehand, especially when you've got Becky Lynch on Twitter teasing that she's turning up. Yeah. That, imagine, that, that's a tough sell. By the end, they couldn't get enough of that match. So actually, the story wasn't great, but what those two did in the ring, unsurprisingly, was unbelievable. I've already said Edge Roman, I thought was a brilliant match, but it's overshadowed by what happened after. And I love Kofi Kingston. And I didn't particularly, I didn't know I wanted to see him absolutely battered until I saw him absolutely battered. And I was like, well, yeah, Bobby Lashley would do that to him. That makes sense. And Lashley looks unstoppable, looks a million dollars. How do you get into that sort of shape? You're the pro athlete. I mean, I Jack, look- Jack, I don't know. Look at me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, take one look at me and you'll know I don't have the answer to that question. I mean, they're they're all in shape. They're WWE wrestlers and, and they're going to be in shape. But you look at Lashley and you go, someone's drawn you. That mm. that We don't have the same body. Like, I don't have no, the bits and pieces. We're a different... We are a different breed of, yeah. of, of person, of being. Because, um, well, like, he's in his mid-40s. Like, by your mid-40s, you're meant to have a bit of a beer belly and be slacking a little bit. You look at the guys. Oh, I used to have this mate laugh. The one issue I have with Bobby Lashley now is that he doesn't wrestle in short shorts anymore. He wrestles in trousers. The under shorts I play in when you play rugby are quite tight like with shorts you wear under your shorts. When I was younger, I used to play in a pair. I had a really tight pair of like Speedo black swim shorts I wear under, under my shorts and they were nicknamed by uh, family members my Bobby Lashley's. That's what they were known as. So the fact that he doesn't wrestle them anymore is really quite disappointing for my for the child and me. As much as we don't want to put a downer on things, because it has been some terrific wrestling, and there was lots of good stuff on Raw this week as well, we cannot talk, uh, not talk about a couple of things. Keith Lee is back, but losing. Karrion Cross is on the main roster, but losing. And Goldberg is next for Bobby Lashley. First of all, it's nice to see that Keith Lee's alive. That's, that's really nice to see. I was worried I was going to take a missing person's report out for Keith. I don't get it, mate. Keith's really, really, really good at wrestling. Like, he's really good. He's really charismatic. So why is the best we've got squash matches against Bobby Lashley for him? Like, let's build Keith up because you've got you've got a world champ there. You've got a world champ there. And look what NXT did with him. He's the only double champ ever. That picture of him holding up the North American and the NXT title. Like, mm, don't like that, that he's losing that quick. Don't get the only NXT champion who was ever good to see on Raw was Kevin Owens back in the day when he came out to see in his open challenge. Yes. Apart from that, why is the NXT champion on Raw? I don't want to see it because he shouldn't be there. But if he is there, don't have him lose to Jeff Hardy, who hasn't won in months, in under two minutes. Karrion Cross is this absolute monster in NXT who no one can touch. And Jeff, whose job, let's be honest, should be to bump like a madman for Karrion has then beaten him. He's just beaten him. He's cheated to beat him. When's Jeff Hardy been a heel? Ever. So that makes zero sense to me. And, oh, oh, Goldberg. Oh, Bill, go away. Please stop coming back and ruining my life. Do not enjoy you anymore. I don't. You were great when you came back in 2016 and surprised the world against Lesnar. That was amazing. I watched that live and I couldn't believe it. That should have been it. It should have been, oh, look, Goldberg's back. Exciting. 
And you had your universal title run, which was nonsense. It took off Kevin Owens and so much good work. And now you're back. And if you beat Bobby Lashley, Phil, I will moan on this podcast about it. I'm not going to say I'll do anything to you because you beat, you beat me up a lot, but I will moan a lot on this podcast about it. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. He got a decent pop on Raw. People Jack, were... me and you would get a decent pop at the moment. The crowd are just happy to be there. Yeah, I, I mean, even I, as I try and balance out your your dislike of Goldberg as an active character at this point, I'm struggling to see what function this serves because we saw it with Drew McIntyre. No one believed Goldberg was going to take the title of Drew McIntyre, and no one believes that Goldberg is going to take the title of Lashley. Surely, and it wouldn't have good shock factor. So it just feels a little bit like we're treading water, and not in the way we were treading water when no one believed Edge would take the title off off Roman Reigns because you knew they would have a good match. Goldberg shouldn't be having good matches at this point in his career. He's been an incredible servant to wrestling. Whatever you think, he was a, a pioneer of the Attitude Era. Is the best use of Bill Goldberg putting him in a ring and looking competitive with Bobby Lashley? I'm not sold on that. No, and all their match should be is like his match with Lesnar at Mania a few years ago was five minutes, seven tops, finish a fest. Just smack, just batter each other for five minutes. That's all I want. Hit your spear, hit your jackhammer, let Bobby kick out, let him spear you. Let, I, I, wa- I want to see, I want to see Bill pass out in the hurt lock. That's what I want to see. That's the only way you even try and get Lashley more over. Because that's that's a that's a that's a graphic, that's a visual you can play over and over again of Look how powerful Lashley is. Even the mighty Goldberg passed out to the Hurt Lock. And is that worth it? Is is, is that, look, this isn't going to sell SummerSlam. Rain Cena is going to sell SummerSlam. You would assume that Becky Lynch is coming back at some point. Is it worth the WWE champion being in a four or five week program with Goldberg to get that graphic at the end? Because if that's all you're aiming to accomplish and you might get a little spike in your TV ratings, I can see why WWE goes down that route, even if I wouldn't do it personally. As long as we get it, my worry is we get Goldberg with the title again. I, I'm genuinely worried about it. I'm not going to lie because it's Goldberg and it's Vince. I'm genuinely worried about that. Okay, well, we shall see. Uh, Charlie predicted money in the bank right last week, by the way, with uh, Nikki winning the women's match. So uh, we may well see Goldberg back as WWE champion. Nikki, who's women's champion now, cashed in last night. Yeah, actually, we can't we can scout over that. What What do you think of it? I don't. I, I love. I love Money in the Bank, and I love Money in the Bank teases. So I'm. I'm always a little disappointed when I know I've got to go 12 months without it. Now I'm really pleased for Nikki. I think it's a real great story of her gimmick wasn't over. She wasn't achieved what she wanted to. So she went and found a new one and got over. She's in unbelievable shape. Like she's obviously worked hugely hard in the last few months. She didn't moan, did she? She went and found a new gimmick, got a new idea, pitched it. They loved it, and it's what the gimmick's four weeks old, and she's champ. So. Great respect for her. Really, really happy for her. I, d- I don't love uh, Money in the Bank cashing that quickly. I like a bit of teasing. I like the story. And John Cena is not messing around that promo he cut last night on Roman Reigns. I enjoyed their promos before their average match a few years ago, where John just tore into him. Because that's the exciting thing with these two is, they are so untouchable, as in they are such big names doing such good work. Really, they can say what they want to each other on telly, and no one's going to tell them off. So. And then you throw the enigma Paul Hamer in the middle of it. I think we are in for some blockbuster segments the next few weeks. 
I think we are. And I think we're going to have to wrap up part one because it has been one of those weeks where we could do two hours just talking about four shows. But we need to get on to fantasy booking and we need to send something back to developmental and something is earning the push. At Charlie underscore Beckett is him. At Jack underscore Merley is me. Earning the push podcast at hotmail.com is where you get in touch. Don't go anywhere. We're fantasy booking our dream money in the bank matches and setting a new challenge for next week's show straight after the break. Okay, so we'll keep the money in the bank theme going now in part two, but this is fantasy booking. It's where we see whether or not we can do it better than the Brains Trust at WWE, AEW, and around the world of wrestling uh, globally. Now, we have been set this challenge. It's part two by you, Charlie. It is fantasy money in the bank. You said it a couple of weeks back. We did mine last week. Your challenge was simple. Any era, any competitor, men's and women's matches, and we want to see who they challenge at the end and how it plays out. I gave one last run to Jeff Hardy last time. You said mine is going to be very, very different. I'm intrigued to see how different we're going. It's all yours. So I've gone a different way of where you gave your match and then you fantasy book the scenario out of it. I've mainly focused on my match and who's in it. And then I'm going to give you a quick, well, a very quick synopsis of what happens after it. So I'm doing a men's and a women's match. We'll start with the women's. Six competitors in my women's Money in the Bank fantasy match are, they come as a pair, 2005's Trish Stratus and Lita. That era of Trish and Lita. Because they're money together and Lita does do crazy things with Ladder. She was part of Team Extreme. So they are in. Now, I said last week, there is one thing I think everyone in the back match needs. And I think that is a monster in there. You need a big monster to decimate people and end up getting decimated themselves. That, that's part of the story. And my monster is Awesome Kong from TNA. Oh. Not Karma when she came to WWE. I want TNA's Awesome Kong in this match. I'm taking current era Sasha Banks. I am taking current era... Britt Baker out of AEW because I know she will do mad, mad things uh, from that match a few, a few um, months back. Um, oh, the one thing I've got to say before I give you my winner is that my champion at this point is Charlotte, is not Nikki from last night. Last night didn't happen in my scenario. Okay. Charlotte is still women's champ because my winner will go on to face Charlotte. She will announce beforehand that she's cashing in for SummerSlam because that's the noble thing to do is now, as she is, Beth Phoenix. Oh. Because tell me you don't want to see Beth Phoenix have one more match and lock up with Charlotte, because I just think they, that could that's a match I want to see. So, doing it again, I've got Trish Stratus and Lita from 2005, TNA's Awesome Kong, current era Sasha Banks, she's really good at wrestling, current era Britt Baker, and then the winner coming out of retirement, out of comms, it's Hall of Fame of Beth Phoenix, who will go on to challenge Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title at SummerSlam. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I can see a situation where Beth announces her entrance in, in the match by yeah. coming from the commentary table and maybe if they're doing promos yeah. on ladders, flipping them off the ladders. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold on that. Give me that match. That's my women's. My men's give me 
early 2000s, WrestleMania X7, 2002's ladder match, Jeff Hardy. Yep. Because if anyone's booking their dream ladder match and they don't have Jeff Hardy in it, I think they're doing it wrong, to be honest. My monster in this, there's only one, but I want 2001's Kane. I want mask. I want where he, you know, when he like used to get led to the ring in chains by security. I want that cane to come down and just because I think he's he's underrated in ladder matches. He's been in the he's been the joint um, joint highest number with Kofi and running back ladder match. He's done seven. I think he always puts a great showing. He's won so, it, hasn't he, in the past? Yes, he has won it. Uh, I, he's not winning this one though, but he is oh, he is okay. in 2008. Shawn Michaels because the man yeah. knows how to do a ladder match and. I know everyone raves about 90s Shawn Michaels, but my Shawn Michaels is that late 2000s Shawn Michaels. I just remember loving everything he did. And you know he can have a great ladder match because he had the one with Jericho that year. So I'm taking 2008 Shawn Michaels. They come as a pair, these two, and they're important that I want you to know that they are a heel tag team at this point, and they are friends, and they're tagging together. It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And the story of the match is that they're just clearing house together. They're taking everyone else out, and then I want, a, I want a spot where they've cleared everyone else out and they just stood in the ring together and there's no one else around and they almost just shrug their shoulders laughing at each other and run at each other and do their classic, just punch each other as much as they can gimmick. You know where they just batter each other yeah. in the middle of the ring? I want yeah. a moment like that. And then someone else will come in and have to clear house again. But, of course, KO turns on Sammy at some point in the match. Of course he does. And he does that and he's then climbing the ladder and it looks like he's going to win, but he doesn't because the man who wins is the man who I think this the Money in the Bank gimmick was designed for. And I think he never won it because he sadly died too early. But I want mid-2000s Eddie Guerrero to win my Money in the Bank. Was there anyone else who would have been better with the briefcase than Viva La Rosa, I lie, I cheat, I steal? I was booking it, and I was like, it, just, it came to me out of nowhere. I was like, it was, it, it, it was perfect for him. I don't know anyone who would have been better with it. Him in this match would be absolute money, but Eddie, Eddie wins it for me in this Dream Ladder match. There um, are some suggestions that are so perfect that, that mm. it's, once you say it, I mean, I'm, I'm God rest him, he's been gone for a long time, but you can see it in your mind's eye now, just him yeah. with that briefcase. And... He is going to win. He isn't going to be as noble as Beth Phoenix and let his uh, let his champion know that he's cashing in advance. I know I've already booked the end of Roman Reigns' title reign elsewhere. I want to see Roman Reigns go to war with someone all out there. And then I just want to see Eddie Guerrero emerge at the top of the ramp smiling, just laughing to himself and run down and cash in. And just, I want Eddie Guerrero to steal the title from the all-time great Reigns on the all-time great title runs. I just want to see a laughing Eddie Guerrero steal it after they've after they've after they've emptied it against someone like Cena, against someone like Edge, and the whole crowd is standing and it's just Eddie running and ruining their moment because that's what he did. So that that's what I want to see. And like I say, very different to yours, quite a quick one because I haven't gone into the detail of the title, the the cash in the run. I did a different way. Yeah, and that was that's what I want to see. And I was thinking about it, it almost made me sad that we didn't get to see Guerrero with the Monday Bank because yeah, it just would have been perfect, I think. I actually feel quite emotional hearing that described because I, I can see him. I can see him in my mind's eye, and I'm a little older than you, but Eddie Guerrero was my guy on SmackDown. And I still think when he beat Brock Lesnar for the title at No Way Out 2004, we were talking earlier about how good Michael Cole was when Cena returns. 
I maintain Michael Cole's best ever call was Eddie Guerrero winning the title in the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to top that, but we got a few in to go through. <laughs> There's one you're going to hate here. I'm just going to flag this up now. Uh, Ryan says, I'm going to give you an all women's money in the bank. Any era, China from her DX era, Lita from her Team Extreme era, Victoria from when she debuted in WWE 2002-2003, current Sasha Banks, Gail Kim from the peak of her feud with Awesome Kong in TNA, and Thunder Rosa is going to round that out. That's a ladder match I would like to see. Uh, Emma says, uh, Razor Ramon and HBK from the mid-90s, Jeff Hardy from the early 2000s, and AJ Styles from his X-Division TNA days, RVD from ECW days when he was defending the TV title, and Will Ospreay, if you're taking anyone from any era... Um, it's a shame you can't make space for Ricochet in that because Osprey yeah. and Ricochet in a Money in the Bank match would be very nice. Uh, Ross has, I think, taken the mickey with this one. He says, just for giggles, Big Show, Mark Henry, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Vader, and Great Carly, and see how long it takes. Who hurt Ross? <laughs> As a child, who hurt Ross? Is he okay? Ross, if you ever need to chat, you know where we are, because I'm not even angry. I'm just worried about you. Two of those people have been in a Money in the Bank, I think, Big Show and Mark Henry. Can you can you imagine the hope spot where Great Carly and King Kong Bundy are trying to climb up the ladder? I mean, I, I don't think there's a ladder big enough, even the reinforced Big Show ladder, to take that mass of humanity. I just said every ladder match, every Money in the Bank match needs a monster, and they do. They don't need six. It doesn't need six. Who are you? Who are you giving the briefcase to out of those six? If you if you are Vince and oh, your head is in your hands, for listeners who no. can't see, Big Show, what? Henry the Giant, uh, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Vader, or Great Carly, someone has to have that cash in briefcase for a whole year. Vader, because he could actually wrestle for a big man. He was very very good for a big man. Vader, uh, I'd give it. I'd give it to Vader there. Wouldn't have it anywhere near Carly. I, I think um, Big Show back in the day when he was a giant in WCW could go, and Mark Henry would have been interesting with oh, the Hall of Fame. There's, there's some guys I love in there, but not not in a ladder match together. There's there's not much. They just yeah, there's that. No, yeah, he's Ross okay. Look, uh, we're gonna do more fantasy booking next week. By the way, the ways to get in touch each and every week on everything you hear, earning the push podcast at hotmail.com, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising you can do for us. So if you are a wrestling fan and like what you hear, tell a friend who loves wrestling and get them to get in touch. It's my turn to set the fantasy booking this week. And I am excited about this because I know you will love hate this one. I'm really worried. I texted you yesterday saying, don't forget, it's you to book fantasy, to choose our fantasy booking this week. And you said, oh, I know. I'm excited because you're not going to like what you are. They're going to like this. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm sure about this. So go on. What are we doing? Next week, we will start fantasy booking how The Undertaker's WrestleMania undefeated streak should have ended. No option for it not ending. You have to end your idle streak because next week, how The Undertaker's WrestleMania undefeated streak should have ended we'll take you back to a time when the phenom is undefeated and the man at wrestlemania it's not brock lesnar who ends his title streak his, uh, his undefeated streak this time round. it's someone else and it's up for you dear listener to decide who well you know that's just my week gone now isn't it anything i had planned for this week has now got to go on the back burner because every moment i'm a, i'm alive this next week will be focused on how i do it. i had things planned this week 
I had a busy week. Oh, I'm gonna get way too detailed on that one, aren't I? Like, I'm gonna have to get a new pad. I have to get a new pad and turn over pages. Yes, I'm excited to do it because I didn't do it right. Of course I am, but... For new listeners, we should say that Charlie is The Undertaker's biggest fan, uh, bigger than Michelle McCool, some would say, and mm. he has never watched, even now, the, the moment the streak ended? No, I haven't. I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to. In my head, it's still going. Mm-mm. In my head, he, did, he didn't lose to Roman at 33. In my head, he's so many, you know, right, okay, that's my week done. I'm up. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, I'm excited. I am. It's just going to take up my whole week. If you need to to let your other half know, you might be in need of some deep therapy by the time mm. this is all done. You're going to be working through some issues. Uh, so yeah. that is what we are doing on next week's show. We'll kick it off how The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania should have ended if you were booking at Charlie underscore Beckett, uh, at Jack underscore Murley, earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. Right, we're going to wrap up a very busy show by turning our attention to real life in a moment or two. Something's getting the push and something's going back to developmental. We will see what next. All right, the final part of the show where we look at something in everyday life that we really like and give it a push to the moon and something that is driving us bananas and we send it back to developmental. Uh, Charlie, do you want to go first or second on this? What would you rather? I'll go first on back to developmental because I think we might have the same this week. Okay, go on. Ah, it's too hot, Jack. Yes. (laughs) It's way too hot, mate. That's mine. I had to do, I started pre-season this week and I had to do a fitness test yesterday. And a Bronco test is tough enough as it is. And anyone, I don't know if anyone listens ever done one. They're, they're hideous. They're awful. Assume we haven't. What's a Bronco test? Bronco test is you start on the baseline. You go 20 metres and back, 40 metres and back, 60 metres and back, continuously five times. So it's 1,200 metres in total, continuous running with 15, 20 turns, something like that in it. And it's bad enough as it is. It was 28 degrees by the time I got around to doing it yesterday. Like... No, I don't need that. I'm a big fella. I get hot. I get sweat. Anyway, it was tough. It was tough. So it's just, yeah. I go for a walk. I walk over to coffee country where I like to get a coffee from. I come back and I'm dripping in sweat. It's a 10-minute walk. Like, yeah. I don't want that. That's not fun. And I, I, what I hate is I hate hot countries like Spain and Portugal and Italy and America being like, oh, the English are so bad with heat. Oh, well, we have it all the time. No, because you have air conditioning. Everywhere. Everywhere. You walk yeah. inside and it's a break from it. I walk into my flat and it's even hotter than outside because I haven't got air conditioning. It's like don't a sauna you, in here. Don't you think, though, you and I both are lucky enough to do jobs where we don't have to wear suits and ties yeah. every day? I mean, that's the sole good thing because it is too hot. That was mine. I've got written down, developmental, the heat, and I've underlined it. But aren't you glad when you drive to training or you walk to training and I drive to work and I see people in suits and ties having to go in? I think you poor, poor people. Any office that isn't letting people take the tie off and roll their sleeves up now at the very least is just cruel. It's cruel. It's not just the heat. It's the people on Instagram, and I know it's social media, who seem to not be affected by it at all. The Liars. No sweat, no nothing. They're there. I'm like, what? I'm dripping here. I'm I dripping. Went, I went and played mini golf with one of my mates and his girlfriend and my girlfriend and then some other mates of the week at the weekend. I was playing mini golf. And I was outside in the sun for two hours playing. And I, I was I was in I got an Andromeda t-shirt, one of the rocks Andromeda t-shirts. 
and you could hardly see the bull on it anymore because I'd sweat so much through my T-shirt. I was playing mini golf. It was disgusting. The rest, the rest of the group were like, Charlie, can you stay away from us a little bit because you're a bit minion? I was like, yeah, you know what? Completely fair enough. I don't want to be near me right now, and I am me. It was hideous. Yeah, it's way too hot. What um, are you giving a push to? I went to the cricket on Friday. I went to the T20 cricket, and it was unbelievable fun. And I've given the push loads to live crowds and being back in live crowds. I'm not going to give the push to that as much. I'm going to give the push to the Pakistan fans at the cricket. So it was England-Pakistan, the T20, and the Pakistan fans were absolutely brilliant. They were so much fun to be in the crowd. And everyone talks about how great the Barmy Army are, the English cricket fans, and they are, and they're brilliant fun. But the Pakistan fans, they were loud, they were vibrant, they were... I was sat, we were sat, I was sat next to some Pakistanis. We were chatting the whole way through about the cricket. They were just brilliant. And it was just so nice to be back in the crowd with people I don't know chatting about it and chatting about the cricket and what's going on. It was an unbelievable game. I saw some, like, Pakistan scored the most runs they'd ever scored in a T20. And then Liam Livingston scored the quickest 100 in the history of English cricket. So, as Who was game, it who hit the six over? That was Liam Livingston, but the next match. That was Sunday's oh, match. Right. And I went on Friday night. So that's the same guy. Same guy. He hit, he hit it over the stand at Headingley. It's just beyond belief what this man's doing at the moment in cricket. But yeah, the Pakistan fans were some of the best fun I've had in a crowd in a long, long time. And they don't stop singing. They don't stop ch- chanting. The, the guys I had around me and the women, everyone, really polite, really lovely, had a laugh, a little bit of jeering, a little bit of banter in the crowd. Great fun. Pakistan won. We all shook hands at the end, had a great time, went home. Yeah. Just I had a really, really great experience with the cricket on Friday night. A lot of that was down to how great the Pakistan fans were. Well, let's give them a big push then. Uh, again, showing the difference between you and I, uh, I am giving a push to public libraries. They're getting a push because I've worked out during lockdown, I spent so much money on books. You, you and I are big readers. Yeah, yeah. So much money on books, ordering them every day, really. Another package will be turning up. I looked at my finances. I thought I can't, I can't spend myself out of house and home on books. I've gone back to the library and what a resource they are. So they don't get much love. They're not particularly sexy, but they are life changing for so many people uh, when you're trying to save money or maybe you don't, you're from a lower income place and you can't get your hands on book. You can sign up to the library for free, go in, get what you want. People are helpful. It's cool. It's air conditioned in the libraries and they're just brilliant people staffing them who are passionate about books and they don't get enough love. I also don't think, oh, there has been a wrestling gimmick called The Librarian, so we can link it back to wrestling, but I'm giving the push to public libraries and the people who work in them. I think they're fantastic. Growing up, always had a library um, membership, go and get a new book all the time. It's where my, it's where my love for reading comes from. My mum loves reading, so she always pushes to read, and we go to the library, and yeah. Or big, big up the libraries. Look, we should probably bring this one home. It has been a busy show. Uh, we hope that the streak of great wrestling continues. I have every uh, belief it will. Charlie, when we meet next time, will we be talking about a teased Big E cash-in for the first time on Roman Reigns, or do you want them to hold off? I really want them to hold off, and I don't want anything interrupting Reigns Cena. Let them let them do them. Let, let, let them do them. There's enough other stuff going on this show. We haven't even spoke about the fact we're getting Seth Rollins and Edge, have we? We haven't even been discussed today. So there's enough other stuff going on at SmackDown that leave that. Uh, I don't know what he does at SummerSlam, but I don't want him anywhere near Reigns and Cena. Let them breathe. The only man involved who should be involved in that, the only men are the Usos and Paul Heyman. Everyone else, get out. There is a different world where Kingston beats Lashley and we're looking at the potential for a New Day triple threat, which I would have quite liked, to be honest. I think it would have been a very interesting story of 
teasing Biggie cashing in on Kofi, but the New Day are just they're they're just so pure. I don't ever want them breaking up the New Day. They're just it's just nice as a story of look at these three mates and for once in wrestling, hopefully someone's not going to turn on them. We shall see. Uh, look, uh, don't forget, next week we start fantasy booking. This is a big topic. This is going to be fun. How the Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak should have ended. If you enjoy what you hear today and you're a wrestling fan and know others, let them know what we do here. Tell them, send them the link. We would love to have them along. You can get in touch at Charlie underscore Beckett, at Jack underscore Murley, and earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your pods from. On behalf of us both, we will see you next time when we'll do it all again. Until then, bye-bye.